0: Happy Mother's Day, moms. We are so excited to spend this time with you. We have a beautiful, beautiful guest speaker that is coming to share in just a moment. I wanted to tell you a little bit about her. She's an incredible woman of God. She is a Bible study author, an international speaker, a recording artist, and an advocate for women in rural Africa. She has survived two near-death experiences. She has uh, been pastoring a church with her husband in uh, Virginia. And most importantly, she is the mother of two adult children. Help me to welcome Angela Donatio. Well, happy Mother's Day
1: weekend. I am so honored to be with you this weekend as we're celebrating Mother's Day. And this is one we're not going to soon forget in this historic time in our lives. You know, I've been quarantined at home with three guys my husband, Dale, my son, Christian, and the most spoiled member of our family, our dog, Chewy. Well, today and this whole weekend, we are celebrating women and we're cheering you on as you juggle uncountable roles in these unprecedented times. We know you're working from home, You're some of you are educating now your children, you're taking care of them, you're innovating. I can't just imagine the stories we're gonna tell our children and grandchildren about this. Well, we're going we're to travel several thousand years in the past today to hear an unforgettable collective of women share their story. And as we meet these brave heroines in the book of Exodus, we'll be inspired, I believe, to step into the story that God is writing over our lives. Many of us are walking through a season of uncertainty, and we have more questions, don't we, sometimes than answers. And as we study the women who delivered a deliverer, Moses, I believe that you're going to see that God has the final say in your situation. These fearless women will help us discover an important truth. God can preserve our hope. Well, the book of Exodus records the birth and life of one of the greatest world leaders of all time, Moses. He was born in a really volatile time in Israel's history during the 18th Egyptian dynasty, 1,500 years before the birth of our deliverer, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And the people of Israel were enslaved for 400 years, facing cruel persecution under the rule of the Pharaohs. Well, in Exodus chapter one, as a deranged leader sought to destroy a people group, God used a cross-cultural and intergenerational alliance of women to thwart him at every turn. I'm so inspired by these women, I wrote about them in Fearless, ordinary women of the Bible who dared to do extraordinary things. Their actions changed history. The midwives, Shipra and Puah, show us the providence of God, and Jochebed, the mother of Aaron, Moses, and Miriam, show us the preservation of God. And the tale of two daughters, Miriam, the daughter of Jochebed, and the unnamed daughter of Pharaoh, point us to the provision of God. Well, each of these women stood up against oppression, fearlessly placing their trust in God, and they stepped bravely into the story that God is writing. Well, first, let's look at the midwives. When Pharaoh saw he was unable to keep the Israelites from multiplying, he instituted an evil strategy, infanticide. The midwives step into the story first in Exodus 1, verse 15. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shipra and Pua, when you're helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God, and they did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. So Pharaoh issues this royal decree to kill all male babies at birth as a program to control the population of the Israelites. And midwives who are charged with the responsibility of bringing children into the world dare to defy a king. Their very vocation was to preserve and protect life. We don't know for sure if they were Egyptian or Hebrew, but either way, they are women who risked being punished by a wicked monarch that's capable of such an evil act. These midwives rebelled against Pharaoh by keeping the babies alive. And disobeying the direct order of a Pharaoh could result in the death and destruction of your entire family. Yet these fearless women chose life, And in doing so, they played a crucial role in delivering a deliverer. Can we pause for just a moment and sit with the gravity of their choice? What would propel these women past the possibility of death to stand up for justice? Well, verse 17 tells us why. They feared God. They found themselves in this center of a horrific moral dilemma, and they certainly hadn't asked to be in the national spotlight, yet they were divinely positioned for change because God trusted their character. Their choice had consequences, however, and they faced intense scrutiny for their actions. Look at verses 18 through 21 as Pharaoh interrogates the midwives. Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered the Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are vigorous and they give birth before the midwives arrived. So God was kind to the midwives and and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, He gave them families of their own. God blessed them for their obedience and their faith in Him. They used the one resource they had to protect life and that was their vocation. These two seemingly powerless women stood up to outwit and outsmart a king. They knew a critical secret that shines hope into our struggles that we are going through today. Pharaoh was not in control. God was in control. The larger picture was to get Moses to his place of leadership. And I wonder if they recognize the, the role they were playing in God's divine plan. You know, we'll never know that. But we do know that in their ordinary moments of simply doing what they were called to do, they defended the cause of those who could not defend themselves. Our ordinary everyday moments can become platforms for the miraculous when we choose obedience. When we face confusing circumstances and we face tough decisions, we can wonder if we're up to the challenge. Perhaps you feel paralyzed by a decision that you're facing right now or you're agonizing over your next move. Perhaps you feel terrified by the uncertainty that we all sense around us. If you're questioning why God has you in a particular position, take your cues from these heroic women. See, courage stares into the face of uncertainty and it does the next right thing. We can stand up. We can step into our story at all costs when we fear God more than we fear man or what might be going on around us. And when the world contradicts the Word, the Word has the final say. Next to step into her story was Jochebed. Well, if the enemy is anything, he's persistent. He never stops at the first attempt to derail our destiny, undeterred by the midwife's life-saving actions Pharaoh's hostility actually intensified, and he implemented a final policy to defeat the Hebrew people. In Exodus 1:22, he expanded his plan from this concealed, concentrated effort with the midwives to a national executive order, a broad mandate required of all the people. Look at the verse, then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, every boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Pharaoh's and attack, incited neighbor against neighbor. Existing side by side in Goshen, the Israelites had become integrated with the Egyptian people over time. And at this point in history, they've coexisted together for 400 years in a culture that placed premium value on a woman's ability to bear a child. With one sentence, the joy of motherhood was stolen from every Hebrew woman. Yet as Pharaoh's attempt to take the most sacred of gifts, the opportunity to bear life, every attack was met with God's intervention. Let's pick up our story again in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant. So this royal edict comes down in Jochebed, a woman who's in slavery, a woman under a repressive dictator, finds herself pregnant. The facts write the account of a woman with no recourse, no rights, but Scripture tells us a very different story. Jochebed was a daughter of Levi, and she was married to Amram, a Levite member of the priestly community. You know, Jochebed, her very name means Jehovah is her glory. In Hebrew, it would be pronounced Jochebed and Jehovah. This outwardly, seemingly ordinary woman is the first person in Scripture to have a name compounded with the name of God. Yah, J-A-H, Jehovah. See, her name alone indicates that she stood out from the crowd. Yet all her knowledge of God was about to be tested like never before. Listen, don't miss this. We can know about who God is, but until we're asked to put that knowledge into action, we won't know the depth of our faith. Faith is birthed in secret places when we choose trust over terror. She waited for nine months, She had no access to a sonogram like we would today. She had no way of knowing if this baby she was carrying was going to be a boy or a girl until the instant she gave birth. I wonder how she endured the waves and anxiety that surely must have washed over her in vulnerable moments. How did she handle the panic that threatened to set in when on delivery day, it was a sun? You know, Scripture shares the weapon she wielded against fear. She was an ordinary woman, but giving birth in anything but ordinary conditions, and he was no ordinary child. Look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 2. She gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was no ordinary child, she hid him for three months. In Acts 7, we read that she cared for him in her family home while he was still able to be kept relatively quiet. But Hebrews 11:23 provides another critical piece of information. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. In an unfathomable situation, Jochebed saw the fingerprints of an extraordinary God. She had heard the stories of women who had literally suffocated their own children so that the Egyptians wouldn't take them. In a culture where confusion was screaming, Jochebed perceived the still, small voice of Jehovah. She saw he was no ordinary child. She discerned that and she looked for the open window of opportunity because she stood on the foundation of faith. She stood out and she seized her God moment. This fearless mama crafted a clever design to preserve the life of her baby boy. And her courageous next steps impacted not only the destiny of a nation, but us today. Look at Exodus 2, verse three and four. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and lovingly coated it with tar and pitch. I think about tears that must have fallen while she was doing this act. Then she placed a child in it and put it among the reeds in the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Jochebed's bold choice required her to go against every maternal instinct to place her baby in the Nile River. Not only did she risk her life and the lives of her family by violating Pharaoh's order, she endangered her baby by surrendering him to the Nile. You might be thinking, did she have a choice? Yes, she could have let Egypt take him. She could have done the unspeakable and take matters into her own hands. Instead, she became an instrument of preservation and deliverance even at her own peril. Instead of caving to the world's demands, she crafted a cradle to save hope. Think about the irony of her decision. The king's order, throw the babies into the Nile River. Jochebed's plan, place the baby into the Nile River. But let's be clear, she didn't sacrifice him to the Nile. She surrendered him to Jehovah, the God that she knew, the God that she trusted. And because she placed her hope in God, the enemy's plot for destruction became God's tool for preservation. See, we're so tempted to place our hope in so many things, people and bank accounts and a different spouse and a healthier body and a vaccine. But if we tether our hope to anything but God, we'll be sorely disappointed. Fearless faith relies on God to make a way. Maybe right now you see something that looks like the enemy's plot for destruction. Let me tell you, God can turn that thing around to be a tool of preservation for you and the things that are valuable to you. No matter how insurmountable the odds may seem against us, God can preserve our hope. And when the future seems grave, Jochebed made a critical choice that still speaks to us today. She dared to believe God for the impossible. She crouched in the weeds and she held her breath, but that's not the whole story. Her desperation gave way to dependency on God and her faith collided with destiny through a tale of two daughters. Look at Exodus 2, verse 5 and 6. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and she sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Whether her actions were self-serving or selfless, God used her to become a catalyst for change. It didn't matter in that moment that she was Egyptian and this helpless baby was a Hebrew. She refused to be defined by racial bigotry or religious discrimination. She took a bold step in her story and the story God was writing and she altered the course of history. But this is a tale of not one, but two daughters who fearlessly put themselves in harm's way. Jochebed's first child, Miriam, made the journey with her mother to the water's edge, and she waited for her turn to step into the story. I wonder if her eight-year-old heart was just just beating out of her chest, and I, I wonder if she was thinking, is there a chance this plan might not work? I imagine her just keeping low to the ground, cautiously cautiously observing and waiting to move on her mom's cue. Miriam believed against all odds that the words her mother had uttered in faith were true. God will provide. I think of Abraham in that moment saying that to Isaac. God will provide. And while water still dripped off the edge of the basket, Miriam spoke up for her brother. God wants to use some of you to speak up. Use your voice for good. Use your voice for the kingdom. Look at it in Exodus 2, verse 7 and 10. Shall I get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. Not only did God provide Pharaoh's daughter as a means of rescue, he made a way for his own mother, Jochebed, to now enjoy him without fear. She became an integral part of his upbringing. She was even rewarded financially for as much as seven years to take care of him. Jochebed's choices preserved destiny, protected the call on his life, but eventually she had to hand him over to Egypt. Pharaoh's daughter loved him, Scripture says, as his own, as her own. Acts 7, verse 21 and 22 tell us that Moses was saturated in the culture of Egypt, the the language, the customs. She served as the chief influence in his life, offering him the highest level of training and education and 40 years of royal protection. Jochebed gave him the roots of a godly foundation necessary for all that God would eventually ask of him. Moses had both a birth and an adoptive mother who loved him deeply, caught in the crosshairs of a culture in crisis. God's plan called for both of them to act fearlessly to save him from a cruel death and preserve him for a unique life. Listen, women, whether you've given birth to a child of your own or you've loved a child as your own, your influence is valuable to the next generation. Each woman stepped boldly into the story God was writing and they stood strong as examples for all of us today. Their legacy teaches us a powerful truth. Ordinary moments become extraordinary when our obedience intersects God's provision. He can preserve our hope. Obedience is our training ground for God to use us in miraculous ways. And we learn how to flex our faith muscles when we say yes to God in small decisions. Then we're faced with a giant ask, the big ones. We're ready because we have consistently developed trust. God's plan is greater than the enemy's plan. And sometimes God does his best work when we let go and we get out of the way. See, Moses' parents believed. He was destined for God's purpose, and they surrendered him to the God they trusted to fulfill it, and fulfill it he did. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 24 through 28. It shares a glimpse into Moses' future, and you can read all about his amazing life in those first few books of the Old Testament. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. He gave it all up, the wealth power, the position, the prestige. And after Pharaoh's daughter raised him, he followed his God-given destiny and refused to be known as her son. Both Jochebed and Moses' adoptive mother experienced heartbreak to keep hope alive. Some of you are all too familiar with this heartbreak. Some of you have lost a child. Today is tough for you. Others of you desperately want to have a child and it just hasn't happened. Still others, you're dealing with a prodigal child and the distance between you is is just almost more than you can bear this morning. Listen, I'm not gonna say for one second that any of these situations are easy, but I am gonna say that God is faithful. His word says he draws near to the brokenhearted and those that are crushed in spirit. And if this resonates with you this morning, I hope that you can find strength and encouragement by these two mothers that show us what it looks like to walk through heartache and be brave. A key phrase in the passage we read from Hebrews 11 might shed light on what looks like Moses' unusual decision. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. If those words sound familiar, they should. They're the very words penned about Moses' parents when they hid their son. Years later, he hid in the cleft of the rock while God's glory passed by. God used him mightily. God spoke through him. Their faith instilled in him as a child enabled him to conquer his own fears and deliver millions of people out of slavery into the Promised Land. He learned by example that faith can overcome any obstacle, all because an unforgettable collective of women chose obedience. Their brave steps of faith and surrender inspire us to step into the story God is writing over our lives. We have so much in common with these remarkable women Too often we let challenges build barriers that hold us back. They paralyze us from stepping into God's call. Instead, let's let challenges build bridges that carry us to our greatest level of impact. I wanna leave you with a couple of key ways that their influence, their calling influences ours. First, your story matters. We don't always know the story God is writing, which is why we have to let God hold the pen. I've experienced seasons in my life when I didn't understand the story God was writing. In 2001, after living with chronic pain from endometriosis, I had a hysterectomy. I had been told I would never have children, but God blessed us with two wonderful kids that are now grown adults. Well, a week after surgery, I was bleeding at home badly enough to call my doctor. And he said, why don't you just go on into the ER? And they kept me for observation overnight. And to make a long story short, Over the course of the next 12 hours, while I was fully awake, I lost over half my blood supply. I remember looking at the clock in the back of the hospital room, and it said 3.30 a.m., and I thought, my doctor's not on until 6 a.m., and I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. It was a defining moment in my life. In the morning, they gave me a life-saving procedure, and I was processing all this later, and I said to the Lord, I don't ever want to feel that desperate again. And he said, Angela, that's the way I always want you to feel, that desperate for me, that dependent on me. See, I, I can empathize with the desperation that drove these women to make these choices. Then just two years later, I face another season of adversity, and God was going to use both of these windows, these moments in my life to teach me that he transforms our pain into purpose. I was beginning to feel ill. I didn't have an appetite. I was struggling. I went from doctor to doctor. I was losing weight, a lot of weight. I was enduring bouts of excruciating abdominal pain. And after many doctor's visits, I was finally admitted to the hospital. My heart rate was hovering about 40 beats a minute, and I um, had a blood pressure of about 75 over 40. I spent 11 days in the hospital with nothing to eat or drink, and they ran tests of all kind, and finally a doctor said, why don't we do an extensive MRI, and I want you to drink a barium drink. It's It's supposed to take about 45 minutes, so my parents had flown in because things were grave, and my husband was upstairs, so I thought I can do this 45 minutes, and I laid on this cold metal table, And I watched the screen and I watched the barium get to a place and then it stopped. And an hour turned into two hours and three hours and five hours and seven hours. Roll over and get on all fours and drink more of it. And and in that moment, I heard the audible voice of God that I've only heard twice in my life. i had been leading worship for many years. And the Lord said, Angela, I know you can worship me on the platform. I want to know if you can worship me here. And everything within me wanted to say no. But see, when we choose obedience, the miraculous happens. And I laid there and I sang, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. And I believe that moment ushered in my miracle. A doctor just happened to be studying for his boards and he looked at my films and he looked at a Picture in a book and they called in specialists and they had a diagnosis, superior mesenteric artery syndrome. It's a rare life-threatening disorder where an artery takes too sharp of a turn and it compresses on an intestines and it acts like an obstruction. A team of specialists made the decision to perform serious and complicated surgery to bypass the affected portion of my intestines and relieve pressure on that artery. And they reconnected my stomach to a lower portion of my intestines. The day of surgery was a low point for me. We didn't know if I would make it, but God reassured me that this didn't take him by surprise. See, he was writing my story. I spent months unable to eat solid food and healing from trauma and a scar that runs the length of my torso. And even in those dark days, God was whispering to me, breathing hope into my withered spirit, nothing happens to you that isn't filtered through the loving hands of a heavenly father. And God taught me to trust his character, to worship him no matter what, to believe that he can bring and transform your pain into purpose. See, when we trust God to write our story, he'll use it for his glory. Each woman in our story shows us the importance of knowing when we win to wait, when we need to take our hands off something, when we need to act. You can release your children and your finances and your marriage and your fears and anything today when you trust that God is in control and he has the final say. No matter what life throws at you, God can preserve your hope. And you can also see how their calling influences ours when you believe that your moment makes a difference. Each woman recognized this short window of opportunity afforded them to stand up. What if I had missed that moment in the hospital? Don't miss your moment. They understood the risk, but they stepped down in faith and obedience to do the right thing at the right time. And their willingness to seize the moment changed the course of history. Keep your eyes peeled for the miracle and the mundane. Perhaps when you least expect it, he'll breathe on that moment and he'll leave you astounded. Even ordinary moments, we say yes to God, we walk in our calling and, and we say yes to him and even in these moments of our lives where we don't understand. That moment of leaning in to listen to a broken-hearted friend and leaving no stone unturned until the job is done right. That moment of loving your children unconditionally and telling your spouse that you'd do it all again. That moment of leveraging your position to influence a culture. Your moment looks different than mine, and your calling looks different than mine. Your story matters. Your moment makes a difference. And finally, your greatest opportunity to shape a culture is to do exactly what God has called you to do. What makes us strong is not what we do, but whether we do what God has called us to do. Uniquely, we're evangelists and gap fillers and bold-hearted leaders and behind-the-scenes servants and prayer warriors. Let's be willing to play a small part for the greater good. Don't spend one more minute crippled by comparison, worried what someone else is doing. You're not them. Don't let comparison keep you from operating in the gifts that God has deposited in you. Let's step into the story God is writing over our lives. I understand sometimes you won't get it. You'll look at that moment and you won't be able to see God. But trust me, he will preserve your hope. Obey God at all costs. Obedience will divinely position you for change. Let's fear God more than man or what's going on around us. Let's dare to believe God for the impossible and watch what He's going to do in your life. Let Him transform your ordinary moments into platforms for the miraculous. Let's fearlessly place our trust in Him. Release anything we might be holding on to too tightly. Whatever you might feel anxious about today, and I know so many of us are, trust that God has the final say in your situation. Let's flex our faith muscles by saying yes to God. God, what are you asking of me right now, today, in this moment? Don't look off years into the future. Just be obedient in what He's asking of you now, and then you'll be ready for those moments. Let's be kingdom-motivated so God can use us. Your surrender will shift the atmosphere just like it did for me in that hospital room. Your surrender will become a platform for the miraculous in your life. God wants to use your voice. He wants to use your story. He wants to use you to preserve hope. So God, we thank you for the story you are writing. It's been such an honor to be with you this weekend. I just pray that you have such a blessed and amazing weekend with your families. Thank you so much. God bless
0: you. And and trust that God is writing your story. Thank you, Angela, for that incredible message and all that truth that touched our hearts moms we want you to stand right where you are right now if you can and we want your family to gather around you pastor's going to pray over you and we want your family to pray over you as well and for those of you that are not with your mom you can pray for her if your mom is already in heaven you can just honor the memory of your mom and thank the lord for what a great mom and the influence that she had in your life so pastor
2: Well, I know it's been somewhat of a more challenging time for the last few weeks for moms. And moms, we appreciate you so much. I know that those of you that may have family away from Orlando or missing them, it's been said by some that for moms, uh, some moms, this can be one of the greatest weekends and for others may be very difficult. So we're gonna pray for you and those that are family members that are there with you are going to pray as we pray. So why don't we just join together and pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you because you see every mom that is standing or they're listening to this broadcast today, you know them intimately and you love them greatly. God, I pray for those that may be missing their mom, or, Lord, I pray for that one that may be there, Lord, right by themselves today. I thank you that they're not by themselves because you are there. And the Spirit of God lives within them. And I pray, Lord God, your anointing would come upon them, each and every mom listening today. We thank you for them. We thank you, Lord God, for the children that they have, and I pray that for those that have children that are away from Christ, I pray, Lord God, that those children would come back to Christ. Lord, we give you praise for that. We thank you for it. Pray your blessing on each and every mom. Lord, we just celebrate women today all over the city, some that are listening in other states and even other countries. We thank you for each and every one of them. Pray your anointing and mighty blessing upon them in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord. God bless you moms. Pastor John is coming right now. He's going to be ministering in song and then closing this service out in prayer. But right before he does, let me say to all of you that are listening, Yes, it's Mother's Day weekend, and we're celebrating moms. And and Saturday, we had a drive-through. It was incredible, a great celebration toward moms of this church and others that may have just decided to come. But with all that going on, we don't want to lose sight of the fact that there may be those that are listening to this broadcast that don't know Christ, maybe some moms listening, and you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. I pray today that above all else, you would say yes to God's love, yes to God's forgiveness. Let God speak to your heart as Pastor John leads us right now.
3: Lord bless you and keep you Make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, or turn his face toward you and give you peace. God, we honor you because you are faithful to do all of those things, and we know, God, that this song has been. The song of, of a season, Lord. We pray that these lyrics and these words from, from your holy Bible wouldn't just be the words for a season for our mothers and for our families, God, but that you will be with us, that you will keep us, that you will cause your countenance to, to smile upon each and every family under the sound of my voice, Lord. Bless each mother, bless each each child bless Lord God each person Lord that that's even dealing with the difficulty of this season because of maybe the loss of a mother or a loved one I pray in the name of Jesus Lord that through it all no matter what the situation is God that you would be with your people that your people would know your presence and that God they'd be blessed because of it Father let the words that we've heard that have encouraged our hearts and that have stirred us up today, Lord God, let us carry them with us and let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We love you. We bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a happy Mother's Day.